really sat down and really thought about what I wanted, right? And I said, you know what? I really want to build wealth and I want to build it efficiently, effectively, you know, with cash flow and just long-term wealth. I didn't care to make, you know, that million dollar active, you know, investment. I didn't, I mean, yeah, it was nice. I, I still want to make that, right? But I didn't want to trade a lot of my hours for actual, just a paycheck, right? Because I just had a high paying job. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was getting ready to build it, make it its own business, running its own. But I know myself, I can't do too many things at once. So I just pretty much quit my single family, sold all my portfolio, pretty much let go all of my staff and started from scratch. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you wanna become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're gonna learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're gonna share their blueprints for success and I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello, hello. Abel Pacheco here with the Five Talents Podcast, where we talk about multifamily investing, real estate investing, path to financial freedom, you know, mindset, among other things. So I wanted to bring a very special guest. I'm super excited to have Mr. Javier Enojo on our show. Javier, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Abel? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining. I'm super appreciative that you know, I got into your world, I don't know, maybe a year and a half or two years ago and just I have been learning from you through various different functions in real estate. And, and now, you know, you're, you're in multifamily, so which is super exciting. And I'm happy, appreciative, humbled that you, uh, you came on the show, man. So oh, man, I appreciate it. I see you wearing a mask. Where are you at right now? You're at an airport? Uh, yeah, I got my jock strap on. <laughs> I'm at the uh, airport. I'm in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, man. Looking at a property. Yeah, my old high school job strap. <laughs> you know, you got to be efficient, right? Hey, man, you got to strap up, that's for sure. And that's awesome. Well, kudos to you for uh, still getting out there, traveling, getting on the flights, you know, on the plane and flights and still looking at deals, man. So I know it takes a lot. Well, before we kind of dig in, let me at least explain to our listeners and viewers a little bit about you. And I'm going to turn it over to you, you know, so you can share your story. But, man, I've heard your story and I know that you're a high school push out. That's awesome to kind of you phrase it that way. But when we really come down to it, man, you're a very experienced investor. You've done property acquisitions in Dallas, Austin, El Paso, Tampa, Raleigh, Durham. In the last five years alone, I know that you've done literally 100 plus, maybe 120, 130 plus properties that were all value add. You've got a lot of specialty that lies in property value add strategies and acquiring off market and distressed properties. That's kind of how I originally, you know, came into your world and found out what you were doing. For our listeners and viewers, I met Javier at the first real estate education program that I joined. He was already a hall of famer there at the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, course or seminars. And that's where we met, man. I'm, I'm just super happy that you know, I went up to you and shook your hand and you were nice enough to say hello. <laughs> hey, man. Uh- I love the beard, man. That's the work. That's awesome, man. 
you also were sharing a story of mentors and coaches and how valuable they were to you. And uh, yeah. I go, man, I, I got to find out who your mentor or coach was. And I, I ended up working with Marcus Ogden as well and kind of yeah. followed that. I go, dude, I got to hire him as a coach. He had a big impact on you. So anyways, I'm Hall of Famer for the Rich Dad, Poor Dad education program. But, you know, a lot of single family stuff. And that's how I started. Yeah. And my listeners know that. But in the last 10 months, man, you've really transitioned hard. This last year, you have about 343 units now in multifamily. And so you've created a business. You've switched from single family to multifamily. And you've got a director of acquisitions, a COO, IT systems, a few sales staff, an admin sales supervisor. Everyone's on salary. I mean, it's a real business. And property disposition and somebody to help you do 1099 analysis, all that kind of stuff, right? Man, tell us about the story. Tell us you know, about you and where you yeah. started, what you're doing now. That's awesome. All the stuff. Hey, I left out my partner, Moo. He's out in uh, Houston. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I live in North Carolina. He lives in Houston. Yeah. I'm, so we just I, see I, each other. Yeah. You remember Moo? Yeah, we only see each other. We only see each other four to six times a year. It's wonderful. And he's your... <laughs> uh, you know, so don't get tired of him. You don't get tired of me. Too funny. My wife's like, hey, honey, how about we try that for a while? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Been married 22 years, got five kids, man. So that's, that's, we left that out. But man, congratulations. Uh, I didn't put that in there. Congratulations. Five kids and still yeah. doing what you do. What are their ages from what age to what age? Oh, man, I got from nine to 25. There you go. So look, I'm actually 24 years old, but it looks like I'm 41 because <laughs> uh, I used to flip houses. <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, so you aged pretty quickly, yeah. man. Oh, man. So a lot of brain damage. But hey, hey, I, I can't knock it, man. I got friends that make a lot of money and it makes a lot of money. It's great. It was my stepping stone, you know, to a multifamily. And um, I know it might be a lot of from uh, single family to multifamily. So I'm in that spot. You know, uh, 10 months ago, I just decided at the end of September, roughly, uh, basically October, you know, my wife and I were getting ready to scale our business. You know, we wanted to do 200 transactions or, or flips, you know, flip a year. And we're getting ready to uh, just take off. And I was at a mastermind after that weekend. I was sitting next to a guy who was doing like wholesaling thousand properties a year. That's the new Western owner mm-hmm. uh, from New Western. Wow. I was right to my right. I didn't I had no idea who he was. And but he, didn't, he did a presentation. And I said, man, these guys are killing it. And I just really sat down and really thought about what I wanted, right? And I said, you know what? I really want to build wealth and I want to build it efficiently, effectively, you know, with cash flow and just long-term wealth. I didn't care to make, you know, that million dollar active, you know, invest. I didn't, I mean, yeah, it was nice. I, I still want to make that, right? But I didn't want to trade a lot of my hours for actual, just a paycheck, right? Because I just had a high paying job. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was getting ready to build it, make it its own business, running its own. But I know myself, I can't do too many things at once. So I just pretty much... Quit my single family, sold all my portfolio, pretty much let go all of my staff and started from scratch. Yeah. How uh, long did it take you to build to doing those hundred-ish properties a year or whatever? How long did it take you from start to finish? It took me about three years. The first two years, I didn't do very well. I, I did a pretty shitty job. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't a good flipper. So it was tough. You know, I want to say I did about 20, maybe 20. Five-ish, maybe the first couple of years, and then on the third year, I scaled it up. And, you know, yeah. we did like over fifty, and it, and it went on, and then I just stopped. And these were a yeah. lot of flips, not just yeah. wholesale deals. No, those are flips, right? I probably in one year I did like eighty-eight something like that wholesale deals. You know, so we, <laughs> when we were in, pretty, we're, in addition to the yeah. flips. Yeah, addition to the flips. Yeah. Okay, a lot of brain damage, like you're saying, man. Yeah. In ten months, you go from you know that business 
to multifamily. And man, tell us about the multifamily side. Love to hear it. That's a quick transition. Kudos yeah. on the decision and then quick sure. action. Taking a, taking a day. So a lot of people ask, hey, you know, how do you do it? How'd you raise money? How'd you start? Same thing with single family, right? How'd you got your first deal? How'd you raise the money? When I got my first deal, I had to raise $15,000. I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. Well, like, I never asked anybody for help, right? So I was, not because I was prideful, I just like to do everything on my own. And, you know, it's just who you hang around with, your network, really just work, right? Work and hustle. The harder you work, the luckier you get. You know, that's one of my favorite sayings. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so the way you found deals in single family, you're still applying the same in multifamily? Or what, what yes. actually, what has applied to multifamily and, you know, what is completely new in multifamily? That'd be probably a better question. All right. So, um, it's follow up for sure. Right. I don't know if I can say uh, bad words on your podcast, but you're okay. You can, you can bleep it be, out. be yourself, man. Uh, be yourself. Um, right. Don't um, worry about it. Don't be, don't be an asshole. Right. Make sure you're trustworthy, likable, and don't like cheat or steal. Right. Right off the bat. If you do all those things, you're going to do well in anything that you do. Mm -hmm. So, when you're talking to, you know, homeowner, mobile home park owner, uh, apartment building owner, a partner, et cetera, you know, they, they feel that right away, right? Mm -hmm. They know if you're full of BS or if you're, if you come across as a, somebody you can close as a, as a good person. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just a straight up business transaction. Now, if you got a broker, eh, it doesn't matter, right? For the most part, but <laughs> yeah. if you're dealing directly, you know, you, the broker is just trying to, you know, you're trying to push a different, a lot of different angles. So just to follow up, you know, follow up, be persistent, you know, always be on the phone. I didn't really change much, just a different conversation, right? I'm not trying to buy a $100,000 house. I'm trying to buy a $10 million property. Yeah. For those listening, right, if you're a passive investor or a new general partner and you're trying to, you know, kind of make sense of the world, right? Javier did like a ton of transactions. It's a ton of marketing work, mailers, yeah. flyers, calls, yes. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to generate, Still, yeah. you know, somebody to call him and, and vice versa or outgoing to pick up the phone and say, you know, I'm interested in selling this house. Let me talk to Javier. So most of the time, or the bigger, you know, I hear bigger deals in multifamily end up going through brokers. And so that's, you call a broker, broker deals with the end user. And Javier has taken the same kind of strategy from single family and applied that same. So let, let's just talk there, like the very basics, like what does it mean to like build your marketing funnel, your funnel for potential multifamily properties and how do you do that? Yeah, for sure. You got to make phone calls, send mailers, email, you know, the bigger properties, you're going to get into brokers. You can still get lucky and, and hit a partner, right? Cause you're not going to have one person that owns 700 unit, right? It's going to be a group of people most of the time, mm -hmm. but like 150 to below, you're going to find, it could be one person, right? Mm -hmm. It could be one person owns, you know, a hundred unit, 72 unit, 135 unit, mm -hmm. you know, it's more probable. Mm -hmm. So just got to do your, your marketing, right? Make your phone calls, send your, your emails, send your mail. It's just being consistent. Look, we closed on a 72 unit a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. And when we called them, I remember the conversation I had with my, uh, with my sales guy. He said, hey, when I called her, she said, hey, I get calls like this every single day. <laughs> right? Every day. That's the first thing she said. Wow. Right? And, but at the end, she said, hey, but I like your tone of voice. I feel like I trust you. Like that was what he, she told him. Like, I like you. Let's continue the conversation. Right. Yeah. So with that said, don't feel intimidated to call somebody. They've been called 10 times that week. doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you know, Abel and I can sit in front of somebody and make them the exact same offer, exact same everything. And he'll just like, he might just like Abel better. Right. Maybe it's just the goatee. Right. He just say, Hey, I just like you better. Right. And he goes with him. 
So you don't really know what a seller has in mind. So yeah. keep making the phone calls. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was like, so for somebody new that I'm thinking, well, I want to get some off-market properties too. I've read about it. I heard about it. I don't know where to start. Where do you even get a list of people or how do you actually go and scrub the data from your market and figure out your names and, and numbers? And how do I even go about that? Sure. So there's a lot of uh, sources you can uh, pull lists from. Just Google, you know, list pools or data. You know, you, you, there's a lot of different areas you can pull it. Then you got to cross-reference whatever you're looking for and do like a sample batch and track everything. You got to get KPIs, matrix. You got to track everything. Make sure you spend $1,000 here. What kind of results did you get? That didn't work. Spend $1,000 here. What kind of results? That didn't work, right? I've probably easily spent over 100K just in marketing and testing out stuff. And I don't mind. I actually enjoy that, right? I'd rather go that than buy myself a $100,000 car. Well, I know I enjoy it better. Yeah, because you do it. <laughs> yeah, because I do it. And it makes me money, right? It makes yeah. me money. You got to know exactly where you get your stuff from. And there's a lot of services out there that provide that. And they can provide phone numbers. You go to CoStar. We have a CoStar account. There's a lot of these software that have commercial real estate. And they mm -hmm. can provide some of that information, right? So the ones you can pull on your own that really nobody else is doing, like I have an IT guy, a systems guy, IT guy. And his whole purpose when I brought him on was to say, hey, look, man, I have these crazy ideas. I'm not extremely organized. I'm not very patient. I can't sit in front of an Excel spreadsheet. I get an idea and I say, hey, how can I make this work, right? Make this, pull these, these numbers, these lists. Let me go try to find the owners of these uh, companies and let me try to find their neighbor, their sister, their pastor, the parole officer, whoever it is, right? Let me find them. Let me find their IP. Let me, whatever I can find so I can get in front of them. Mm -hmm. And then he'll take care of that. He'll just start building something out for me. I love it. You got to get the right people around you, man. You yeah. got a great idea. I think you've figured that part out. You quickly built a legitimate business. It wasn't you on your own trying to get this stuff done, which I think is a fallacy or, you know, just a mindset that a lot of people take. Oh, I'm going to go find this deal. I'm going to do the deal alone. You built a pretty yeah. legitimate company around your business. Yeah, for sure. And you're okay. You know, if you got to pay your dues, if you're brand new, you got to pay your dues, right? Bring a deal, bring some money, go hustle, do something, whatever you can to bring value to somebody who's already investing and you want to be where they're at. One thing about a team, it's the hardest part, right? It's once you get the good people, you got to keep them happy, make sure they don't quit, right? And don't be afraid of hiring people who are smarter than you, right? I think everybody in my company has a college degree. I was trying to check it the other day and everybody does, except for me, right? Does that mean that they're smarter than me or not? I mean, I don't know. But three of the guys have like a finance degree and, you know, all this stuff. And I don't know, right? It's like, I don't have a degree, but they're super <laughs> smart. You know, my sales guy is great. My director of acquisition is great. My COO is great. You know, my partner is great. You know, if I was to do their job, I'd do terrible. I'd, I'd be terrible at it. Yeah. That's a great mindset because you recognize, hey, there are people that are better than me at something. And as opposed to being afraid to bring them into your business, you look at it from a different angle, which is, man, I absolutely will grow, scale. I'll be better for it. My company will be stronger. If you can let that yeah. guard, that fear down, you're going to have better people on yeah. your team. That's something. You know, you try for to find sure. people better than you. Yeah. Yeah. George, my COO, he took a pay cut to come work for us. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, he's a perfect fit for a company. He's actually having a baby today. So he's off of work for the next, you know, couple of weeks. Nice. And he was so ready when he was going to the hospital. Yeah. He already had a pre-made email with all the things for us to do, you know, like sent, right. It was already drafted, yeah. sent it to us, everything that we had to do already. Yep. At the end is like, hey, P.S. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot. Uh, yeah. like, hopefully I don't break nothing. So. Yeah, keeping the operations together, man. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's always like, well, don't break nothing. 
That's awesome. So you mentioned a, a number, which I think, you know, I'd love to dig in here, right? So some people say, oh, I'm going to go find an off-market property. And yeah. they think, hey, I'm going to get a list. I'm going to pay a couple bucks, maybe. I'm going to start cold calling and whatever. It sounds very different than I'm going to spend $100,000. I don't yeah. know what period of time. Is that a year or 100K over what period of time did you spend? For the multifamily, I want to say I probably spent a good, maybe six months. Okay. So it was a good amount, but you know, I kind of did the same thing with my single family. So six, right. You kind of figure it out, but three. you don't so really need it. Right. I went like all out. I probably spend money where I wasn't supposed to, <laughs> which is okay. Yeah. And, but at the end of the day, you know, you can do it on your own. You just got to be consistent. You just got to be consistent. And all you got to do is just a little bit of action every day. Yeah. It was just myself, you know, like three or four years ago, making those phone calls. Right. Yeah. Um, when you first started morning, lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you first started, what was your, what was like your monthly spend and how did you spend it versus what you're doing today? Um, I think this might help. It was about 1500 bucks. Okay. So you had to pony up yep. something, 1500 bucks, and it was your time and effort. And today yep. that 1500 is more like, you know, hundred K over six months, 15 grand. And yep. that's employees, people, staff, a system to create as many yep. leads as possible. And you just view it as the same way as any other business, I need to have leads yeah. coming in the top of funnel. What's my conversion? What's my close? And what's my average yeah. you know, size, right? Yeah, so that would be the budget for the marketing side, right? Basically, in a business, there's a lot of different businesses in it, right? You got a sales business, you got a marketing business, right? You might have a disposition business, you might mm -hmm. have investor side. I mean, there's a lot of different businesses inside of one, mm -hmm. right? So that's like you know, a budget for the marketing side, right? Then you have another budget for this side, this and this side. As long as you're making revenue. Now, with multifamily, it could be a slow payday, right? Yeah. So yeah. You, you waited six paid, months to get, get a deal, get, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when you <laughs> pay to get paid, right? So <laughs> I, I just quit cold turkey, right? And I was blessed to be able to do it. I'm a risk taker. My wife asked me, I asked my wife first. So there's a tip for you guys out oh, there, yeah. your partner, your spouse, your partner, significant other, just make sure everybody's on the same page because it's hard enough already. And it's mm -hmm. a lot harder if whoever you're living with does not support what you want to be. There's, a, so, there's probably one yeah. of the best nuggets I've heard yeah. so far right there. Yeah. Talk to your, I agree wholeheartedly. We'll keep going, man. Yeah. So yeah, I told my wife, I said, Hey honey, like, you know, she, she looks at me and she goes, how long? That's the first thing. That's the only thing she said. Like, how long do I need? I said, give me two years. Give me two years. Right. And I'll say, and we're off and running. So. Hello. Hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the five talents podcast. After listening to a few episodes, deep down, do you know that multifamily and commercial real estate investing is one of the best ways to create financial freedom? If you said yes to that question and you are where I was a few years ago, then I'd absolutely love to connect with you. A few years ago, I started personally consuming a ton of real estate education. I traveled all over the country as many real estate conferences and seminars that I could go to. I took 200 plus hours of real estate education. I spent thousands of dollars along the way. And I did this because I knew the path to financial freedom for me and my family was through commercial real estate and syndication. So if you've made a similar decision, I'd love to connect with you. And potentially in the future, I'd love to partner with you as well. Take a moment, go to 5tcre.com forward slash invest and I'd love to set up a time to talk. So let's talk about it. You invested some time, six months go by, 100K budget. You're really hitting it hard. You find your first deal. Tell us about 
that first multifamily deal and then, you know, just maybe walk yeah. us into today. Sure. So the first one, I made a decision. I gotta, I'm going to close apartment building before the end of the year. That was last year. So I had like basically like two months and I just networked a lot of people. Hey, what can I do? What can I do? I got a buddy of mine in South Carolina, Jennings, and he had an apartment building in a uh, right side of Smith? Charleston. Jennings Smith? Yeah, yeah, Jennings, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I interviewed him recently, but didn't realize you guys were connected. But, you yeah. know, keep going, man. Yes. So, so South I Carolina. Help, so I, yeah, yeah. So I helped him out on that one. Say, hey, what can I do? I want to come along. And we, we got that 63 unit in uh, Charleston. I think the all-in was uh, 4.7. It should be worth about $7 million here in the next couple of months. They're doing very well with it. Boom. Yep. And, <laughs> yep. Right after that, you know, a couple months later, we had two projects that fell through because of COVID. So that was uh, a bummer. Yeah. They're still there, but you know, there's just in the, you know, they're sitting there just waiting on hold. Same, we same for us. Same for us. Yeah, in March. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we closed on a 72 unit. That thing was amazing. We closed on it at 1.3 million, and the as is appraisal came back at 3.4 ish, something Yay, like that. So that was there we like go. instantly like that. You know, it's a two million dollar equity. That was amazing. And before you keep going, I want to hear more yeah. about this, right? But okay, some people originally would would have said. I'm scared. I'm worried. I don't know if I can. I can't muster up $100,000 to invest. But if you start on the other side of that equation, if you told anybody, give me six months and 100K and I'll put $2 million in your bank account, would you do it? Everybody would say yes, without a doubt. They'd figure out to beg, borrow, cheat. You know, I don't know about cheat and steal, but some people would cheat and steal. We would try not to do that. But you could figure out a way to get a hundred grand pretty quickly if you know at the end result you're gonna have two million dollar equity in a property. And you know, not everybody does it. So man, that's kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. I'm sure there's there's some nuggets on your mindset in there too, but Yeah, for sure. Just kept getting properties under contract. You know, I'm the guy that'll look at four hundred properties a month to grab one, right? I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay cycling so many deals. So now since I have a directive acquisition. He spends 40, 50 hours a week. That's all he does. We're making about 25 offers every week. 25 offers uh, a week, 100 a month. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, roughly. And we're grabbing about, uh, right now, I think we have 18 contracts, right? We have 18 contracts from everything, from like a 20 unit and a 10 unit mobile home park, you know, a mobile home multifamily, you know, half of those won't close. And then the other half will end up selling to other investors and they will close on, you know, two to four. Yeah. Right. So out of those 18, we're going to buy two. Some people find it hard, even in single family, to make an offer, one offer. And some people go, I don't have the money. I can't make a second offer and a third offer. What happens if they say yes? And here you are trying to get 400 new leads, converting 100, you know, maybe calls-ish, and then 25 offers a week, 100 a month. And then a lot of those are saying yes. You've got 18 of them under contract. Like, how does that even work? So somebody who has no idea how this thing works and they're thinking, dude, I could never do that. Where, where does he get all the money? Do you need all the money for that? Like, just walk us through that mindset. Just yeah, help I mean, somebody you, right you, now. Sure. Demystify this. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. So it starts from the beginning, right? Who's doing the negotiation? Who's your salesperson? If you're going to spend money on marketing and you suck at closing, don't be on sales. You're wasting so don't your do money, sales. right? Yeah. Go, go partner with somebody that can close, okay? So, you know. I don't hire people anymore because I'm just too nice and I, I'll hire the wrong people and I keep them on too long. So I just have somebody hire people for me and I just pay them their fee. I got a good buddy, Scott Hannes. He'll just say, Hey man, I'm looking for this person. I, I just talked to him today. 
say, hey, man, I need a construction manager, project manager. I need you to go find them, right? And pay him their fee. And he goes through all the headache of trying to find the right person. But if you got a good salesperson right up front, right? You get a property under contract, maybe send an LOI. Now you have seven days to negotiate a contract. And once you get the contract, your due diligence deposit or escrow deposit, your escrow or earnest money deposit, it's not due until you have all these documents, right? And it's like 185,000 documents that I need, right? So, you know, a lot of these people will just sign the contract. They, they don't even read it. Right? Some people are like, I can't give you that. I can't give you that. But still, by the time that I have all the documents and I got to give my earnest money deposit, it's been like three weeks. Mm-hmm, by that mm-hmm. time, I've seen the property. We've got some other financials. We already know we want it or not. Mm-hmm. So on that side, you don't have to spend any money trying to give that a 10K, 20K, 50K earnest deposit because, man, that... I've had, you know, 100K plus easily, you know, just sitting in escrow that we're not even buying, just waiting for it to get back. Yeah. You know, it, it kills your cash flow. But you have time to buy, right? Just to go out there, look at it and try to raise some money, try to get some interest. Um, it sucks because if you, if you back out for the seller, but, you know, but if it's a decent project, you'll find the money, right? So mm-hmm. you get something out of contract, you know, I don't want to call everybody, I'll call myself a dog, okay? You know, I'm like that dog that chases that tire and you catch it. And like, what the hell do I do with it? They turn it around and smacks <laughs> you on the ground, right? Oh, so, I love it. right, go find somebody who's caught that tire, right? You got a contract, right? You know, if you're in Texas, you got Able there, wherever you're at, network, ask mm-hmm. somebody, you know, your Facebook group, right? Hey, man, who's in Lexington, Kentucky, right? That's where I'm at right now. And I got like three people here that I know on my network, right? And I said, hey, you know, let's, I need boots in the ground. And I remember with a buddy of mine, he just sold his veterinarian business for like 8 million bucks. He's like, man, I got $8 million since three weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't think there's room for you. No, I didn't say that. Uh, but, you know, he, you know, he lives 45 minutes from here, right? And yeah, you just got to keep networking and keep posting. You follow people, post on people's, you know, just just network, right? Mm-hmm. You find a good project. Don't worry about it. You'll find somebody to sign your loan. You'll find somebody to raise some money and, you know, and whatever you got to do to make it happen, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the best way. If you can't sign on loans, if you can't put money in a deal, you know, go raise money, go find something, go be boots mm-hmm. in the ground, mm-hmm. you know, go offer to make phone calls for somebody for free or something. I don't know. <laughs> There's really no excuse. And yeah. if you got money and you can sign, oh man, you, you, you definitely no excuse. I'm like, yeah. hell no. There's no excuse yeah. there, right? There's no excuse. <laughs> I will tell you all, all of this mindset, you know, as you're talking, it's like, you know, there's no excuse. That's a big difference between many of the people that we saw signed up for the same program we did spent $50,000 plus on some education and classes. And I went to one class and the second class and the third class and we traveled, you know, all the way around the US and going to all these different 12, 13 different cities, right? And I'm like, why aren't those same people that we signed up with here today? I don't understand. They dropped the same coin I did and yeah. they're not here. It's hard to take action for a lot of people. But if you can, if you can figure that out, then you're going to have massive opportunities for success. You just got to be hungry enough and kind of willing to do that. And Javier, your, your mindset, I heard it more than a couple of times was, man, there's no excuse. And a lot of people put up a lot of excuses. <laughs> I mean, they just do, right? So you can figure out how to get through it. Like Javier, you're going to have success on the other side. So I really like the, the analogy to someone who's caught the tire, right? Probably the same vigor, the same amount of perseverance, to go find deals, you've applied on the other end to find partners, people, networking that are doing deals today, right? Yes, correct. So you, you keep continuing to network, partner, make connections, 
uh, we got 208 unit in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And again, I partnered with Jenny Smith, right? Hey guys, let's help us raise some money, help us do some asset management. And man, he killed it, right? I mean, we raised, I don't know, 2.3 million, right? In a couple of weeks. And you just got to keep building the relationship because you might need somebody for, for anything, right? And everybody's willing to help you, right? As long as, again, the golden rule, right? Don't be an asshole. It's got to be written somewhere, right? I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> it's go to, probably written I'm gonna somewhere, go, man. I'm going to no go doubt. to Greece one day and it'll be like, you know, somebody's sculpture out there. Um, Etched in stone. Etched yeah, in stone. there you go. Yeah. But yeah, just, just keep networking, you know, just keep networking, talking to people and uh, yeah. don't be scared, right? Don't be scared because you know what? The dragons are not as big as you think anyways. Look, man, there's this book. It's my favorite book in the world. It's actually got me to jump into multifamily because maybe to myself, I thought, hey, that's going to be like a big step. But at the end of the day, the problems that you see are really not a problem, right? I remember I crashed my dad's car when I was like 14. I backed up and I hit it and I took off. I was going to Blockbuster. I was 14. Going uh, to Blockbuster to rent some movies, right? I'd never mm-hmm. driven in my life. <laughs> and I was dying to tell my dad, right? Like, man, I hit the car. until I just agonized about it for like two days and I just came out and said it and it wasn't that bad, right? It was less than my own imagination. Yeah, for right? two so, days. Yeah. Yes, for two days, I just killed myself, right? The inside, just the turmoil. It was like, I couldn't sleep, you know? It was terrible. So it just with anything, the dragons aren't as big as you think they are. And uh, I take that from a book that I read. It's about a 16-minute read. It's got a lot of pictures, so I love it. <laughs> which it's, book is that, uh, man? Which, which it's one called, is it? Uh, hey, look, it's Mickey and the Dragon. And my six-year-old uh, niece is like, it's Mikey and the Dragon. Oh, yeah, 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 it's Mikey and the Dragon. So that shows you how much I read. So it's called Mikey and the Dragon by um, that Navy SEAL guy that does the podcast, Jaco, Joko, something. I forget his last name. Yeah. But he's this big dude. And he, yeah, the extreme he, ownership he did, guys, right? Yeah, yeah. And he did this book, and it's amazing. It's basically, he just talks about how the dragons aren't. It's about a little boy who's like seven years old. But you can take it to you, to it. You can be 80. It doesn't matter. And that's, yeah. Honestly, that's the only book I've ever read in my life. So, so. tell me, man, the only book you've ever read in your yeah. life. I know there's yeah. something to share around this, right? Your first, you know, million dollars, reading, book, education, all that stuff. You know, just share anything you want to around this, this portion. You said high school right. push out. Like, man, yeah, yeah. give us some insight for those that think, oh, I'm just, I can't do it. Like, floor is yours, man. Look, look, when George comes back, my CEO, when he comes back from having his baby, I'm going to tell him he has to read four hours a week. That's part of his job description, right? He can read for me and just give me the gist, right? Because yeah. with my personality and my attention span, if I read something for, I can read it eight times, I'm going to forget 95% of it, you know, in an hour and the other 4% in the next week. But you know what? I'm not saying reading is, reading is great, right? It's great. And I know if I would have probably read more books, I would have made a lot more money because now that I start reading here and there, I'm like, damn, I made that mistake like eight times. You know, if I would have read this book, I wouldn't have made it. But at the same time, if I wouldn't have made it, it wouldn't have been seared inside me, like in my brain, like I screwed up, right? Like danger, don't do that anymore. I learned more by doing than by like reading. I'm just not that reading type of person. So the first hundred dollars that you made, right? Just remember the first hundred bucks you made, maybe you were 14, 13, whatever, 18 when you got your first job, right? The second hundred dollars became super easy. I remember the first time you made 10 grand, right? How about the next 10 grand? How easy was that? First time you made a hundred grand, right? How easy was it to make the next hundred grand? Mm-hmm. When you made a million dollars, you're like, damn, that's not a lot of money. You make a million bucks, you're like, uh, that's not a lot of money. It really is not. So it gets easier and easier. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book and I probably won't read it. Um, and I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I'm going to write it. it. I'm going to write it and I'm going to call it, you know, how I made a million dollars before I ever read the book, right? That'd be my title. 
Anyways. I'd, I'd buy that book. Just off the title, man. Just off the title, I'd definitely uh, buy that book, man. But either way, man, I mean, reading books is great. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that do great things, that read all the time, and, man, that is awesome. I mean, that is, that is great. For me, it's super hard for me to focus, and I know I can do it, and I'm just giving myself an excuse. But, again, you know, I'll let my COO read them, and uh, I'm the visionary. You know, yeah. he's the implementator, and, and we'll go from there. Hey, look, if I could outsource arguing with my wife, I would do it. You know, <laughs> have somebody argue with my wife at the very end, say, honey, I love you. You're right, and order her some flowers. Oh, and that would man. save me like 20 minutes of my life, you know? So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. If you could, you would, but yeah, yeah. you're stuck with that one, man. Good, good luck know, on I it know. too, man. For those listeners that are you know, viewing or listening right now, there's a book called uh, Rocket Fuel, and I think you guys would like it to be reading. And you know, basically, what I hear is that Javier applied some of that very same you know, logic, which is somebody's a visionary, which is Javier. This is where we're going. This is what we're going to go do. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to get it done. But if I hire the right person, somebody smarter, somebody that can implement, somebody that can execute it, you know, I'm going to drive the direction, the vision, and I need you guys to go implement it. And that's what that book really talks about. Yeah, so, you're putting so, into practice. You just yeah. figured it out on your own, man. Yeah, the first one's traction. The next one was rocket fuel. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you, I, you have read a couple I, I, books. I, yeah. You read a couple well, books I, now, I, uh, right? I, I skimmed through them. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> like when I read, like yeah, when I was twenty-two, I'm like I don't care. Let's just go. Just tell me where the meat is. I just want to oh. give me the meat. You know, uh, you know, you can leave eighty percent of the book out. Just tell me what, just how to, what meat. I need to do. I like yeah, the fact that you pay your CEO and then tell them, hey, you're going to go read these books. Gotta, I heard they were good. Go give me the summary. Hours. How do we apply it? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well. I have a couple more questions before I let you sure, go, sure. man. I want to make sure to take advantage of the time. But before you do that, let me make sure I hit. If somebody wants to get into your world, they want to learn more, they want to invest with you, they want to do partner with you in the future, whatever the case may be, how do I get into your world? What's the best way to, to reach out to you? You can follow me on Facebook, Javier A. Inojo. I think I'm only my dad and myself have that name. So you'll find me or my dad. Follow my dad. <laughs> or my first name, right? It's Javier, and the, uh, you can email me, Javier, at ASCGUS.com, which is Allstate's Capital Group. Just feel free to email me there if anybody has uh, any questions. Allstate's, Allstate's Capital Group. group. Here yeah. we go. What a, that's, yeah. a, that's a good good name. So I'll put those in the show notes, and you, you'll have the ability to link to it, so all that good stuff will be there. But before you know, we kind of wrap up, right, there is – those couple of deals that you found, um, you're traveling right now. So, you know, you don't have to you know, give us the specifics on this deal, but man, you've gotten a several hundred doors that you're in now, you're partnering with more. You've created a repeatable systematic process where you can go apply this thing again and again and again. And which is really the, the highly valuable part, because no matter what happens, win, lose or draw, you know, the pattern is very repeatable. So what are your next like goals? Where are you headed, you know, from now and sure. then maybe the next six months or maybe a year? Where do you have plans to keep hitting? Hey, look, uh, so I feel like I'm at 30, 35% efficiency, right? So I know there's so much more growth that can happen, a lot of tweaking. So, you know, we still, the base is good, right? So the base is good. We're getting our deal flow. We're getting our lead flow. You know, everything's good. At the same time, I'm moving forward, but I'm still tweaking, right? So I'm always tweaking. I'm always tweaking, trying to make the systems better. Guys make the systems better. I just, I'll bring some ideas and, and I'll get the feedback. Look, I bring an idea. It's an idea. 
but the processors are like, man, this is garbage. So they make that better, right? So mm-hmm. it works perfect, right? It works perfect. You know, still traveling out, you know, just keeping the deal flow coming in, right? You've got deal flow coming in, money flow coming in, you can close. You know, even in these times now, you know, even the next six months, you know, we buy a little more distressed properties than stable properties. Just throughout the network, you know, we come across some stabilized properties that we can partner up with somebody like you that, you know, um, buy a little more stable, a little nice, a little prettier kind of properties and we can still take stuff down. So mm-hmm. I got enough deal flow for that. So that's coming up here in the next six months. But, you know, we got two under contract right now that we really want to buy, one here in Kentucky. It's a hundred plus unit. Owner's going to carry some of it, so which is great. And then I have a 116 lot mobile home park, city water, city sewer, that we have under contract as well in South Bend, right, by Notre Dame. So, and mm-hmm. it's going to be an owner carry as well. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I'm super close to uh, that, I know we're going to buy those. I need to hire a construction project manager because that'll be four projects that we're doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's not my time well spent because I do the construction management. Why? Because I'm Hispanic? I don't know, man. Like I'm the only Hispanic you know, <laughs> in the group. And I'm like, just because, you know, I'm from Texas originally, it doesn't mean that uh-huh. you know, West Texas, South Texas, Texas Mexico. Maybe. South Texas. Yeah, it's like, doesn't mean <laughs> I like construction. And they're like, well, you got a general contracting company with a license in 17 states. I should have kept my mouth shut about that. <laughs> <sighs> that's too funny, man. Uh, but anyways, but moving forward, man, just, you know, a thousand units by the end of the year would be great. My buddy Jenny Smith put that on my, on my Facebook page. So he pushed me. I love that. Hang out with people that will stretch you. Hang out with winners so when you winning, it doesn't sound like a bragging. I love that saying. So yeah. we're super, super excited that, I ra- that we raised $2.3 million. My buddy Jordan sits in next to me. He's been drinking. He goes, oh, yeah, I raised that yesterday. I raised $6 million yesterday. I'm sitting <laughs> like, holy crap, man. I was feeling good about myself, but I feel I'm happy for you. But he stretched <laughs> me, right? I don't see it as he's showing off. He's just winning, right? And I'm, he's winning. I'm his friend. Like, hey, yeah, man, let's win. Let's win together. Yeah, so the goals are, you know, long-term. I mean, we've got our 10-year, five-year, three-year. Goals change all the time, right? you got to adapt. you got to be adaptable. It's one of our core values. you got to adapt to the situation. So we're going to hit a lot of the property owners we talked to. We're going to throw in there some owner carry, right? That makes it easier on the acquisition side. Heck yeah. And on the money raise. And a lot of them are open for it. It's actually, it's actually not that hard. So in the last few questions here before the time runs out is, you've got a good background for creative financing. And one of the benefits of finding true off-market properties where you're talking to the seller directly is you can get more creative as opposed to working with a broker that wants to deal with, you know, a buyer that can pay the thing off, right? And they get paid. So for those that are like really uninitiated, what is owner finance? What is carry, you know, seller carry? And what does that mean for the acquisition and why does it get easier and why is it easier for capital raise? Well, first of all, you're going to get a loan and it's tough to get a loan for, for that particular property because say it's at 65% occupancy, right? It's going to be a challenge to get a bridge loan. But if he's willing to even carry 30%, you know, 20%, 40% of the whole project, say he doesn't owe anything on it, there's your down payment, right? And then your, the lender is going to give you the rehab. So out of your pocket, you have zero money. So how much of that would you own? How much would you own of the whole project? You'll own like 100%, right? Well, if you got a partner, you're 50-50. Yeah. Right? If you got maybe a boots in the ground, you give them some equity. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have to raise any money or anything like that, you own a big chunk of that deal. <laughs> Huge. Which I mean, is, that's game changer. It's game, game changer. changer. In most I mean, indications, yeah. for those listening, most indications where you're giving away a good piece of the pie for the investors yeah. that are raising the capital. And if the owner gives yeah. you this, the piece, then you're like, okay, well, I don't have to split it. But yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, it's good. Great point. It'll carry a little mortgage, but you just got to be a little bit careful in some states because, you know, there, there can be like, there can be a lawsuit or something and you don't know about it and you're liable. So there's a lot of different things that come to every single deal. But just in general, if you can get some owner carry, it definitely helps you on the raising side. And a lot of these owners will carry it for three, four, five, six percent, right? If you're going to get a bridge loan at 8% interest, you're saving some money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of like core to your, you know, I guess the buying or the offer process is you're trying to figure out, hey, can I get some piece of this, which makes it way more profitable. You get a bigger piece of the deal. And there's your $2 million equity. If, if somebody's trying to figure out, well, how did that deal that was kind of smaller from a syndicate, how did it turn into yeah. $2 million equity? There's yeah. your picture. That with the value add. <laughs> right? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. That one, on the last one that we bought, you know, that was a nice $2 million equity and we still have to do some value add to it. Right, we're going to put in about half a million bucks. It'll be worth about 4.7. Right, yeah. When we're sitting down, we'll be all in for 2 million. It'll be worth over four and a half easily. Yep. So, I mean, that right there, you do it the right way. Look, I don't mind sharing. Everybody's making money. Everybody's happy. The partners, investors, but, you know, I own a good chunk of that. I don't know, 30, 40% of that project, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. of the whole project, not of the GP front side. Yeah. Uh, that's because you can negotiate some good terms. As long as you can negotiate some good terms, then you're good, you know? Yep. Well, there's a little demystified right there for anybody, you know, trying to come in and trying to say, well, man, how do I do this? How do I call someone? How, how do I operate? And then you get a bunch of deals. Kid, do I have the courage to make an offer and then disposition? And then, well, not even disposition, I buy it, acquire, and then raise the money and capital. And that was amazing, Javier. I think you definitely, you know, demystified that process a little bit. So is there anything I didn't ask during our time, anything that you wanted to highlight, anything I didn't cover that you think would be valuable or highlight your business, something you're working on, the time is yours, as much time as you want. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. We have a lot of properties across the country that we get uh, under contract. So, you know, if anybody's out there looking for something in particular, I mean, it's hard for me to find something for somebody, but, you know, we have a buyer's list and we can send everything out to them. Like, hey, I got a 20 unit. We got a 47 unit, you might have a mobile home park. And, you know, we're slowly going to different asset classes. I don't want to do too much because I, I like to focus. But if we partner with the right folks that say know how to do warehouse, we'll do warehouse, right? We'll find it. We'll acquire it. We'll get under contract. We'll come in, you know, get a smaller piece and they can run the whole thing. So not just, you know, multifamily. You don't have to do everything on your own, right? Just make sure you have the right people on, on your team and you allocate your time as well. So anybody out there that, you know, looking to buy some off-market properties, you know, we, we got some, you know, we got a pretty good deal flow. Maybe there's something out there that you guys like. So uh, that's probably about it. Yeah. yeah Besides you, the fact that if you guys want to join one of our projects, feel free to reach out as well at any time. I'll give you some case studies on, on everything, on some that we've done in the past. If you've caught the tire before in your market, then reach out to uh, yeah. Javier so that way you can tell him what you're ready to catch and he may be able to, to land it. <laughs> And then I do have a lot of people that reach out to me now that say, hey, I'm sourcing, you know, off market multifamily properties. And I always kind of ask, you know, a few questions. I want to know, you know, what they've done and what they do. You're like my measuring stick. I'm like, are you real or are you just, you know, shuffling paper? Javier is one of those those real guys (laughs) that's doing it. Yeah. So, so, yeah, 99.9% of our contracts will, will be the contract holder. Every once in a while, I get a friend and say, hey, look, I got this under contract. Can you help me sell it? And I'll put it on there like, hey, sure. I got this contract from my buddy Joe, and I'm just sending it out to you guys. Right? Yep. You need to get a hold of him, call him. Don't call me because I don't yeah. know anything about it. Yeah. So, 
I'll do that for somebody. Yes. But um, yeah, there's no daisy chains here, man. Those things are such a waste of time. Yes, sir. What well, a waste of time. That's awesome, man. Thank you very much, you know, for everything. Javier, you've given us some good insight and good wisdom and something to action on if you're looking for some property. So I thank you very much and I appreciate it. Appreciate all the time, man. Abel, man, it's uh, nice to be here. You know, I'm humbled as well, you know, just to, to give me the invite. And I know you're doing great things as well. You're out there working every day and you're putting deals together. So I'm, very, I'm happy for you as well. Oh, man, so I'm very thank happy you. for you. Yeah, let's so reach we'll, out to Abel too, guys out there. You guys out in Texas, out down that way. Reach out to him. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to 5tcre.com. There's our website. If you want to you know, learn more about being a passive investor, we just wrote a new ebook that should be out by the time this podcast hits. So you can register on our website. We can give you that. Give it away for free, at least in the start. We'll see how popular it gets. And then you'll have that. And then go to our website. A lot of education, a lot of webinars. These podcasts will be out there. And if you heard something that provided value today, which I know you heard more than a few nuggets, but if you would be so kind, take a moment, go to our podcast, leave us a five-star review, give some feedback for me, for Javier, let us know, good, bad, and different. We'd love to hear it. And uh, we really appreciate your time. So this is Abel Pacheco with the Five Talents Commercial Real Estate Podcast. And I appreciate your time. Javier, thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Talk to you later. Peace out. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from other industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to want a copy of our Passive Investor's Guide, Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. It's the guide we use to invest in $93 million of commercial real estate. It's a 65-page ebook. It's a great resource to learn the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications. And we're going to show you how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating, I'm going to give you a free copy. So take a moment to do that now. We'd appreciate it. And then you can register for the book at 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Let us know and we're going to send you a copy. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.